Hi guys, welcome to the Body Power Mind podcast with me, Adam Robinson. Today I talk with Ross Millington all about his journey to the 2016 Rio de Janeiro Olympic Games, where he represented Great Britain in the 10,000 metres. He's also going to give us tips and advice on how to start running effectively and to see progression each week. You're going to love this one, guys. So without further ado, let's learn, let's apply, let's inspire, let's do it. Ross, it's great to have you on the show today. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So what have you been up to lately? Um, yeah, obviously it's been pretty crazy times. Um, I was originally um, in my build-up for the London Marathon that was supposed to take place in April. Um, but obviously that got postponed. Um, and then eventually things, like we ended up going into lockdown. And so I kind of shut my training down really I had a bit of recovery time and um like right now I'm just kind of ticking over just doing a fair bit of easy running trying to get on top of a few uh not major injuries but a few sort of things that need addressing and yeah just just waiting until things become a little clearer really so obviously we're in this um covid lockdown at the minute how has this affected your training specifically um, so like, I'm not training like anywhere close to how we would normally train. Um, I'm part of a, a team called team new balance Manchester. So normally we, we meet as a team almost every day. Um, but obviously that that's not happening right now. So, um, fortunately where I live, um, in new mills in the high peak, I've got a lot of good running from, from my doorstep. So I'm kind of just getting out every morning doing 60 to 70 minutes of easy running and then um, using the rest of my time to do sort of supplemental core stability and strength work. So are you keeping in touch with your team through um, maybe Skype or something like that? Yeah, like obviously we have like WhatsApp groups and um, normally, yeah, we just speak to my coach on the phone most days um, and then a few of the guys, like we, we have a chat and... A catch up every few days and stuff. Um, yeah, obviously it's it's quite difficult, but I think we're all we're all kind of just getting on with it as best we can, really. That's it. I think we're all in the same boat, aren't we? And uh, I suppose yeah. it's quite tough yeah. for everyone at the minute. Um, exactly. But uh, mm-hmm. I suppose, like you say, you've just got to do what you can, um, control what you, you do, what you can control, and just go from there. I guess. Um, exactly. Yeah. So um, I want to start from the beginning, then. Really, I mean, how long have you been running for, and why did you start competing? Um, so originally, I think I was playing football from maybe around six or seven years old, um, and then I only started um, well cross country and athletics once I started secondary school. Um, that was kind of my first exposure to. I think we started running cross country, obviously that winter that I first went to school and then athletics in the summer. Um, and it was something I just took to like straight away, really. Um, and then from there, I kind of joined my local athletics club at uh, Stockport Harriers down at Woodbank Park. Um, was it running from the start, was it, with the athletics club? 
Yeah, yeah, because obviously, like, the first, my first introduction was cross-country, so, like, it was, like, straight away, it was obvious that I was going to be, like, uh, you know, middle and long-distance runner. Um, so, as soon as I went to the club, I think I went to maybe one session where it's, like, sort of an introductory session, and, like, the guy that was leading that couldn't keep up with me. <laughs> so <laughs> he sent me straight on then to um, a guy called Dave Turnbull, who was the the main distance coach down at Stockport Harriers. So have you always been a fast runner then? Is that just something that's come quite naturally to you? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I think even when I was playing football, it was quite evident to my parents and the other parents watching that, you know, like... I was always quite fast um, and I was always like literally the last man standing. Like I could just go and go and go. So obviously I had quite a decent engine on me. Um, obviously at that time it didn't really occur to me. But um, yeah, I think I'm, I do have a decent base level of natural ability there. Um, but then, you know, when you're, when you're a kid and as soon as you're good at something, you know, you, you love it even more. So it kind of just... It just built and built, really. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, do you think any of this um, comes from genetics as well? I mean, I know genetics plays a big part in a lot of um, different sports, but, you know, have your parents ever, have they ever ran or anything like that? Um, not not massively sporting, I wouldn't say. Like, I think my dad maybe ran cross-country stuff when he was in high school. Um, my mum uh, was a good tennis player, Um so nothing really that it's, you know, you wouldn't look at my parents and say they're going to produce a, you know, a world-class distance runner. But um, I was always, we were always quite outdoorsy and stuff when I was growing up. So I think I had, you know, good exposure to living that sort of lifestyle early on. And I was always encouraged to do sports and, and get outside. Yeah. So, so you obviously, you know, you've enjoyed it your whole life. You said you really, you know, you got a spark for it and you just went for, um, competing eventually. So how, how did this competing stage come about? Is this, did you want to go into competing originally or, or did someone sort of say, maybe you should go into running more competitively? Um, yeah. So I think when, I think straight away starting at school, like the cross country that we used to do in PE, um, was like a timed lap around the school and the school fields. So like straight away, there was that competitive element there, um, which I think is obviously massively important in, in school and for kids. Um, and then I think I must have started competing for the school. Um, and so it was, all, it was kind of always there, I guess. Um, I don't, yeah, I think... I just I think I assumed that, that that's what it was all about really and that's what I kind of loved was kind of being good and then you know making like the step up from say it's like um Stockport schools to Greater Manchester schools to then English schools and and seeing how you you could compete against guys from all across the country and then yeah that competitive element has just stayed with me the whole way how do you feel when you're competing against these different guys from from different places? Uh, I love it. It's kind of it's why you do it, really. Like I put you put all the training in, and and you want to see how good you are, and then you want to see how that then stacks up against the guys that you're competing against. And um, you know, I've, I just I find that 
I just like, I really like that aspect of it and it, and it really gets me going and it, you know, gets you out the door in the morning sometimes when, when, you know, it's raining and cold and, you know, you think about all the other guys that, that are going out there and doing it. Um, it certainly helps. Do you sort of visualize that then? Do you visualize them going out and training and getting better and better? And does that sort of resonate with you? Then you think I need to do this as well. I need to push past them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I say, to you know, you can use it as a motivational tool. Certainly, sometimes, um, and then even you know, in really hard training sessions, and you know, all you want to do is kind of throw in the towel, and then you know, your mind, you know, you're thinking about like an upcoming competition or you know something that you want to qualify for, and you know that there's guys out there that are working just as hard as you. So you know, you know that you've got to keep at it and, and get the work done because they are <laughs> yeah that's how you become the best right <laughs> exactly exactly yeah <laughs> so um so why why long distance running in particular what's that what's what's the main difference there for you um in in comparison to short should to short distance um i think I, I think i was just good at it like just straight off the bat like that was always what i was uh drawn to really like I was always quite, I was relatively quick. Um, like I say, like when, when I was playing football, um, I was never the fastest though, but I was always the best at going longest. So I, I just immediately sort of gravitated towards that end of things. And I think like when I went to Stockport Harriers, um, Dave Turnbull, you know, like he knew straight away that, that you know, that's what I was going to be good at. So they sort of, they seen it in you as well and said you'd be perfect for is is it the is it the yeah. ten thousand you did in in Rio? Get that right. It was a ten thousand in Rio, yeah. But yeah. obviously, um, first getting into the sport, you kind of start at you know fifteen hundreds, and then I think I started running five k's probably not until about two thousand and ten, um, and I was out at university in America, um, and then my first ten thousand was actually only in 2016 right at the beginning of that, of that summer track season wow and then you went to Rio the same year yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was only my I think the Olympic final was maybe only my third or fourth 10,000 meters that I'd ever run wow that's incredible so now obviously yeah. we've come on to this um, topic now of uh, Rio de Janeiro the 2016 games um, can you just talk us through that journey how you how you came about um competing in that and and all the emotions that were going through your head at that, at that moment in time yeah so um basically i think when the qualifying standards came out for the olympics um the one i looked at straight away was that to that ten thousand, and the standard was 28 minutes and i remember speaking to my coach and like at this point i hadn't obviously I hadn't run a ten thousand, but so like, the 10,000 meters, is is that around six? Is it six mile? Yeah, 6.2, I think, yeah. So it's 25, 25 laps of the track. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a long way, <laughs> especially on a track, on a track, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, uh, yeah um, I mean, how did you come about competing in that? So basically... The qualification criteria was you had to run under 28 minutes and then finish top two at the British Championships. Um, so the way it kind of worked was the British Championships, I think, were in right at the end of May. 
uh, down in London, um, which is a great event. Um, it's kind of incorporating the European Cup now. It's it's a massive event, um, and I managed to win that. Um, so I kind of ticked that box. But then, you know, I had hanging over me the fact that I had to go and run another ten thousand somewhere, and I literally had one chance to go and get the time. Um, and so I went over to a place in Holland called Leiden. Um, there was a 10,000 meters on there. And, um, yeah, I went there and I just got one of those perfect nights, um, all the stars aligned and I was able to go and run 27.55 and tick off the standard and, and book my ticket to, to Rio. Wow. It's an incredible time. I mean, with your nutrition wise as well, I mean, with your food, you're, you're, you're taking in for these 10,000, um, meters, what sort of stuff are you, I mean, you must be carb loading, um, quite a lot beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like during, during a 10,000, we don't take in any fuel, um, kind of everything is done beforehand. So like my last meal, I'll probably eat maybe three hours before the race. Um, and I'll usually stick to something quite, quite simple and something that I know I'll be able to like get in almost any part of the world. So I think usually I just have toast and jam, to be honest, and, a, <laughs> and, and then a coffee, a coffee like an hour before. Um, but yeah, obviously even like the night before, like making sure I eat well. And usually on the track, you don't race until the evening. So it can be quite not difficult, but you've got to be mindful sort of during the day of, of what you're eating to make sure, you know, nothing's going to have a, an effect on you sort of later on in, you know, in terms of like upsetting your stomach or anything. So mm. I normally go just stick to something really simple and, and stuff that I've tried before and that I know works. Yeah. Stuff that, you know, will um, benefit your body and like say not, not detriment it later on. Um, yeah. 100%. So, I mean, so that so race days here at Rio, you know, you're on the track, all the other athletes are there, the the crowd is there. What is going through your mind? Um, it was quite surreal, really. Like, because these, like, before Rio, I hadn't really run a major championships. Like, the highest level I'd managed to run at was a European under 23 championships. So, like, all of a sudden, I was in the call room with guys that I'd, like, looked up to really you know um and i kind of had to bit like switch my mind <laughs> yeah yeah it was a bit not difficult but um, i remember like consciously saying to myself like you, you need to get your head in the game here like you can't be you can't be looking at these guys as idols anymore like you're about to go step out onto the track and compete against them um and i remember thinking that and then I kind of I managed to sort of relax a little bit and, and get my mind on what I then had to go and do. But, um, yeah, I, I loved it. I loved that whole situation, like being in the call room beforehand and stuff and then being led out onto the track. It's, it was kind of a culmination of, well, it was a lifelong dream of mine that, that I got to live out. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to ask you as well is I asked this to um, Kira um McGeehan. and I just asked her what goes through her head um while she is running um mid race you know um I was unsure whether you think about just getting to the finish or whether you're just thinking about carrying on or if there's some sort of um 
methodology and how how you are running where you're stepping how you're stepping all these different things that could be going on in your mind i mean what goes through your head at, at this moment in time while you're running against all these other athletes um it always varies really like it can vary on like whether i'm racing on the track on the road run cross country um how long the race is um but usually I like I try and go in like with a real simple mindset um, of just staying like in the, the the lead group of the race for as long as I can, um, and then you do that and do that and you just I don't know you just telling yourself you have to hang on, like you have to hang on you have to hang on, and the longer you sort of stay in there, um, and the more you're in it like you kind of just get lost in it sometimes. Um, the hardest times are when it's not going well and, you know, you really have to talk yourself back into races sometimes. Um, and then towards the end of a race, I'm just telling myself to, you know, you kind of go switch mindset then into, you know, you've got to execute and, you know, become a killer really because, you know, everyone's sort of getting desperate towards the end of a race. Everyone wants to win and, you know, you've really got to switch that mindset on and, you know, to really compete and try and beat these guys. Yeah, I was going to mention, actually, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you seem quite a laid back kind of guy. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, when race day comes, I suppose, like you say, if you've just got to flick that switch and just turn the grit and determination on and then, you know, switch back to normal afterwards, is that, is that simply what happens? Yeah, I think so. Like, like jo Johnny, I think you've either spoken to or you're going to speak to um, a training partner of mine. Like he'll be able to tell you some stories of of races I've been in where, like, if people like stop clipping my heels or you know pushing around, like I don't, I I'm not a nice person to be around <laughs> in a race. And uh, we laugh about those things quite a lot sometimes. But yeah, like obviously you're not. I'm not going out there to like you know fight everyone, but. Um, I do definitely get into that, into quite a, I don't know what the word would be, but, but that mindset is like, yeah, extremely determined. Mm, yeah, I can imagine, especially with the yeah. types of races you do as well. Um, yeah. So who is your inspiration for all these, for all the races you do and for, for, your, for your mindset in general? Um. I don't really have any, like, I just try and use my own motivation now. Um, obviously, like, when I was growing up, I, I looked up to people and, um, you know, other, other runners, but kind of as I've gotten older and, you know, I find more that I try and look less at what other people are doing and, and I just kind of try and focus on myself and what gets me motivated um, and just try and focus on that on that process really. So what does get you motivated then? Um, just trying to be the best runner that I can be and, you know, doing the training and, and seeing how far that gets me. And then, you know, at the end of the day, it is about external results, but I try and put that out of my mind as much as I can really and kind of focus on the process of going through the training ticking off, you know, any races along the way to a major goal and just always try and focus on that process because it's so easy to kind of, you know, like the Olympics now being next year, like 
of just looking at that. And then before you know it, you've missed everything along the way and you're not qualified. Mm. So I kind of like right now, I know I have to get my body 100% right. So every day I'm focusing on that and then come, you know, three, four months down the line. If we end up running London Marathon in October, then I'll tick that box. And then I think most most likely London Marathon in April next year will be the qualification race for Tokyo. So I just right, right now, I just have to focus on the process of getting to that start line 100% healthy and in the best shape that I can possibly be in. Yeah, so you said London is October this year. And you said yep. um, the Olympics is possibly next year. Um, yeah. Do you focus on multiple things at the same time, or do you just focus on the next event and then the next event and then the next event? Yeah. So obviously, you always have that end. It's always there, that end goal. But like, you try and focus on the stepping stones in front of you. So, like, say, obviously, Tokyo next July is the the main end goal. So you work back from then, it'd be April qualifying um, at London, taking a step back then, it'd be London this October, and then taking a step back to where I am today, and then kind of working out exactly what I need to do along the way. Um, and then once that plan is there, sort of, once the plan's there, you can kind of forget about it, that big picture, and then you literally can just focus about, you know, one day at a time, um, you know, and then it can be you look at your week and how you've done that, how your sessions have been. Um, so, yeah, I think it's kind of a mixture of both, um, but more that that process and then that end goal is it's always there, but you try and, you know, limit your focus and attention on it. Mm. So this has taken you years to become a world-class athlete like all other athletes. Um, so yeah. where I want to go with this now is there'll obviously be people watching this, uh, sorry, watching this, listening to this podcast <laughs> who will be into their running or they might think maybe I might get into running. I might want to start running for my health and then maybe I might want to do it competitively. Yeah. If they do want to start running and progress each week, what advice would you give them? So you kind of you have to be realistic, um, and then you got to you just have to be patient. Like we all, we all hate being told to be patient, and it's something it's, it's so simple, but it's so hard to do sometimes. Um, and with running, it 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 does take a. Um, you know, a decent amount of time to start seeing, you know, any improvements or or things like that. So everyone's different. Some people could improve quickly, more quickly than others. But um, I mean, obviously, when you're young, the improvements come a lot quicker. Um, but like then, the last few years, like um, with injuries and things, as you're getting older, like the improvements are a lot less and a lot more sort of incremental, especially when you hit that sort of level. So say like 2016, when I made the Olympics, like I jumped up, you know, you know, huge levels from the year before. And I thought, right, now I have to go to the next level again. 
And, you know, I trained even harder, even more thinking that's what I had to do to get to that next level. And then 2017 came around and I was injured and I didn't, I didn't run for most of that year. So like you always have to be mindful of what your body can tolerate and you do like, it sounds cliche, but you really do have to listen to your body and kind of, you really need to start learning what you can and can't tolerate. So like I keep a training diary, so I write everything down and everything's always there that I can sort of look at how I was feeling, you know, look at the training that I was able to deal with that got results, you know, look at where training's gone wrong, where they either train too hard or too much. Um, and then I'm always writing down how I'm feeling. And as soon as you kind of see that pattern of, you know, felt tired, felt tired, felt okay, felt tired, you know, it's, there's always warning signs there. And it's just kind of learning to read those signals um, and just setting about being just consistent with it is, is consistency is key. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Um, with, um, obviously you went over listening to your body. Um, do you, do you suffer with delayed onset muscle soreness? Um, it might sound like a stupid question, but do you suffer with it quite often? Obviously you run quite a lot. So I'm, I'm curious as to whether your body has just adapted really, really well to running now and you very rarely get sore. No, <laughs> I will, yeah. If you could, if you could see me getting out of the bed every morning, it's not, it's not, a pretty, it's not a pretty sight. But like we're trying to run upwards of a hundred miles a week, which obviously is never, you know, it takes a toll on the body. Um, but it's just you have to become really good at learning, like what what you can and can't run with. Really, like my first five to 10 minutes of a run is like really slow. Like normally I'd say the first mile of my run is like could be upwards of eight minutes. Um, and then we kind of, you know, like we start getting down to, to normal running pace after that. Um, but it's just knowing that some days they like, right, something's, mm, this isn't a normal sort of bit of soreness. This is something else. And that's when you, you have to be brave enough to make that decision to either, you know, either shut things down and go and see a physio or whatever. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's an important thing, isn't it? Be, be, you know, if, if say if you've got plans the next day to go out running somewhere, maybe do a fair few miles and you wake up the next day and you're very sore, like you say, it's probably better yeah. to give, give your legs a rest and maybe go the, the day after. Yeah. Yeah, day on, day off is, is usually pretty good, especially when, you know, if you're getting back from injury or something. And, yeah. you know, you got to be careful of, of overloading. Um, and then, you know, you can use bits of cross-training and stuff as well. Jumping on the bikes always a good thing to do, you know, just kind of offload the legs. You know, you can still get really good aerobic stimulus. Um, but, yeah, you're just not, you're not punishing your body quite as much. Like running is just... It's, it's so hard on the body, like the forces and load that you're putting through day on day is, you know, it, it takes a lot of time to sort of build up that um, uh, resistance and robustness over over years, really. It does take years. Yeah, yeah. So um, what are your 
plans for the future then, uh, Ross? Um, obviously, we know you're you know you're you're looking at Tokyo and you're looking at this London event. Um, do you have anything yeah. else planned? Um, not right now. Like, I mean, we're hoping obviously that London will go ahead in October. Um, obviously, it's everything's still a bit up in the air. Um, so that'll be my main, still my main focus because that'll be like I still haven't run a marathon yet. So I would like to run that before the qualification event in April. Um, so yeah, everything will kind of be, you know, I'll probably be close to starting to draw up a plan towards that race in October pretty, pretty soon, really. Yeah. 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 I think, um, yeah, like you say, it's hard to plan things now, isn't it? Now that we're in lockdown, it's um, yeah. hard to know if things yeah. are going forwards. But um, it's always good to have yeah. something in place, like you say, something to look forward to, and we can we can do what we can, um, you know, yeah, while, exactly. while we're under these yeah. conditions. Um, yeah. So, Ross, it's been fantastic talking to you this morning. Um, I've learned no a, a ton myself about running. I'm I'm quite um, a keen runner myself. Try and go when I can, and I do I'm enjoy good. trail running. Um, so I've learned um, a lot, and I hope yep. our listeners have as well. And I'm sure they're going to take back yep. um, a ton of advice from this. Um, one more question I want to finish with, and it's one that I ask all my guests. Um, and the question is, yep. what is the most valuable thing you've ever learned in life? Uh, oh, that's a good question. It's a tough one. <laughs> um, yeah. I think in terms of like advice someone's given me is um, investing in yourself. Um, so that can be taken. Obviously, it was given to me in terms of um, like an athletic, you know, um, environment. Um, but I use it yeah, with, with a lot of decisions that I sort of have to make um, is really, yeah, in, investing in yourself. And that can be, like for me, it's obviously to do with my with my running, but, you know, people could apply it to, to many different things that sort of they value, I think. Thank you for listening, guys. If you enjoyed the podcast today, please share it around with your friends and family members and give them tools to transform their lives as well. I've been Adam Robinson and this is Body, Power, Mind.